Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe. Bobby, what's going on? Uh, wow, I don't even know. I'm actually in town for like five or six weeks straight. Wow. I know, because by the time this podcast comes out, I'll be in town for like five weeks straight. So I don't even know what to do with myself. Yeah. Like, I actually get to sleep in my own bed. Crazy. I see my own family. Wow. I get to make my own meals. Oh. I, it's one of the things, like, <laughs> I love traveling. You had me till the meals. I mean, sometimes it's kind of nice. It to, is kind of nice, but yeah. some point in time, you get sick and tired of just eating whatever the restaurant has and being like, because, you know, I try to eat fairly healthy. I try to regulate the fats and the other things that go in the, the sodium and all the preservatives in my food. But when you're traveling, you're just taking the mercy of what's, you know, coming at you. Like For sure. The other day, like, there was a great salmon dish. And I was like, ooh, the salmon looks so amazing. I'm really craving some salmon. But it's served on a bed of lo mein noodles. And I was like, but I don't Ooh. want all of it. Oh. Yeah, right? What a way to wreck salmon. This is the Lodge of Four Seasons, by the way, which has, if you've not been to the Lodge of Four Seasons since 1970, absolutely nothing has changed. Um, it is now officially <laughs> summer. How's your summer going so it's far, great. Alex? So similarly, um, I don't really have a whole lot of, I have no work travel this summer. What? Um, so all I have, we're going on vacation this coming week. Um, oh, with the girls, we're going to Sarasota. Uh, Mike McGrew's a shout out to Mike McGrew. Mike McGrew's Airbnb bought it at the uh, RPAC auction nice. last year. Nice. Uh, so redeeming that. Uh, you sounded very uh, rich and fancy right there. I'm redeeming. Oh, yes, I'm redeeming my beach house. And uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but uh, actually, uh, for the last like two months, um, I've been maybe not quite that long. Maybe like six weeks. Uh, this industry, obviously, I've never traveled as much as you travel, um, but I have traveled quite a bit. Um, and even when I was home, though, uh, we get pulled in to this event, this mm-hmm. event, this event. We're actually kind of guilted and shamed for, for not attending uh, events away from our family. Um, and I've actually made a pretty concerted effort to reject the vast majority of those things and stay home with my family uh, in the evenings. It was really difficult <clears throat> for about two weeks. Um, and then you uh, got over it. I got over it. <laughs> yes. And it is it is so beautiful to spend more time with Charlie, uh, to spend more time with Margot. Obviously, Sarah's pregnant. So like, you know, she appreciates it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've just I've really been focused on it. Um, yeah. And it, it's it's really it, it has made me think a little bit more about um, our business and, and a little bit more about mental health uh, in our business as well. Um, and the way that we are uh, coached and uh, and taught to pri- prioritize things, especially um when we're when we're in leadership, yeah, and, and I don't, I do not feel uh, that we do a very good job of of uh, communicating, uh, being able to set healthy priorities like that. And so I've I've just been so focused on that, and it's been really rewarding. But the other thing that I realized uh, in that uh, process is that I've done a really terrible job of taking care of myself, mm-hmm. especially in the last two years. To your point, uh, I would get on a. Uh, 
I get on a pretty good set routine, and then I'd go to an NAR event. Uh, and my last one was in, in DC about a month and a half ago. Uh, and uh, I don't know why, but for some reason, those things throw me completely off of any form of routine. Yep. Uh, and it's it becomes terrible. And and I I have a great time at the event, uh, but then. Um, it takes me a little while for my body to, to recuperate. So um, I have uh, officially, I can say this now with pretty great confidence, that I've reestablished my morning routine in a really effective, healthy mm-hmm. way. I've reestablished my running habit, which I had built up uh, about a year and a half ago um, and then fell off completely. We talked uh, about it. Between I... Margo yep. and between b- being born um, and uh, with travel, uh, changing jobs, doing all these different things. It was so easy to fall off of. That was it's... the first thing that I let go. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I've reestablished my morning routine, and it is – Amazing, and it, I felt so hypocritical because it's the it's the number it's one. It's what you're that preaching to your agents to Absolutely. do. Absolutely, yeah. It's what we teach uh, every day, and and here I am rolling out of bed at, at seven o'clock mm-hmm. instead of five thirty, making time for myself, making myself breakfast. Which, by the way, I'm a pretty good cook, and and which is a good reminder of that. And it's like a, you know, I I it just feels so good. I right. but the other piece of it. And what's going to keep me from continuing to attend realtor events, unfortunately, is that I have a real bedtime. Yes. I can't be up until 11.30 and then uh, uh, wake up at 5.30. Yeah. It isn't going to work for nope. me. I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I could do that when I was 25. Yes. It's been six years. <laughs> now I can't do it. Right. It doesn't work for me. So no. I'm, I'm in bed by 9.30 or 10. Yes. And I'm not uh, ashamed to say that. So I can't attend an event that goes until yeah. 10 o'clock nope. halfway across town. Nope. So um, anyway, you might see less of me physically. I'm still here. I still exist. Still there in your heart. But I'm prioritizing certain things now, and, and I have to. One of my favorite quotes um, is no to say no and K-N-O-W to say N-O. Um, because we typically are people pleasers, mm-hmm. which means when people invite us to other things, we don't want to reject them. But what we're doing by um, accepting their offer, accepting their invitation, is that we're inherently rejecting ourselves and our family. That's right. And at the end of our days, are we going to wish we'd spent more time with, especially with our children who do not stay small very long? No. And or have spent more time at industry events. And I'm going to tell you what, every single time I'm going to choose my family. And that's that's been my biggest clarity in the last probably 18 months because I've done so much traveling is that when I am home, I am home. Yeah. And that is my priority. But it's funny you talked about going to industry events, um, particularly like when you're in D.C. and you just mm-hmm. get thrown off your routine. Trust me, once you get into your 40s, well, this doesn't happen for everybody, but at least it's been for me and my close friend group, which is probably why they're still my close friend group. It's like, all right, we're back in our room by 930, 10 o'clock at the latest. Like if I'm not walking back into my room until 1030 at night, something's way off. But that gives me the energy to get up and stay on exactly. that routine the next morning. I, I have literally no desire to stay out until 3 a.m. Oh, ever again. That sounds horrible. I do it every time we go to Oh, I heard trips. stories about DC. <laughs> it's stories ridiculous. were told. It's, it's ridiculous. Yep. I, so anyway, I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I can't do that. We I, probably need to get to our guest and a book bit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, because we're in studio today, guys. It's, yeah. We're, we're kind of that back and forth between studio or Zoom. And it's I just love being in studio. I do, too. It's way more fun. I mean, I have to get up a little extra early to drive my, my booty down here. But it's once I'm here, I'm super happy about doing it. Well, so there you go. 
so wh- you know what? Where do you want to go with this? You know, you, you like engaged a uh, a transition. I, I engaged transition to one <laughs> of two ways. So first, let's talk about who our guest is going to be today because I absolutely love her. Um, our guest today is Michelle Isabel, who is the president of the Kansas City chapter of the LGBTQ plus Real Estate Alliance. It's a new chapter that they uh, we just opened here in Kansas City. I've been a part of the Missouri uh, Real Estate Alliance for two, three, whatever long ago we founded it. Mm-hmm. I've lost track of time because it was right around COVID time. And there is no set timeline with COVID. There's no. Uh, but we're going to talk about the the Real Estate Alliance, uh, what the organization um, does here in our local real estate community. And I'm just really excited to bring her on. But before we go get her. You have a book bit. Yes, I do. <gasps> do, 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 do. Bobby's book bit. Casey. So my book bit for today is Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. And it explains why our attention spans have been dwindling for decades. Like the book drove me in really quick because I I have the freaking attention span of a gnat anymore. Um, My quote is uh, from the book, when you're unable to pay sustained attention, you can't achieve the things you want to achieve. Um, And the book talks about how half of all young people are texting while they're driving, which can lead to a reduction in their focused ability while driving of 37%. No. I feel like it's more like 87% (laughs) to be clear. I feel like that's a very low number from this research, but you know, whatever. So They're, They're not even measuring how many people TikTok and drive at the same time. No. Um, so there's three lessons from the book. <laughs> the first, oh, Lord, TikToking and driving. Um, lesson number one, the internet is not the only thing eroding our focus, but it's declining ever faster, and that's a problem. The book talks about between 2013 and 2016, the average duration for which topics trended on Twitter reduced from 17 hours to just over 11 hours, like stuff was just trending even faster on there. And the faster we spread information, the more information we distribute, and the more that rains down on every single one of us every day, and our brains are not evolving fast enough to cope with it, which I think we just all feel. I mean, we even talk about the the realtor acronym RDR, realtors don't read, and we make fun of ourselves. Actually, my strat planning meeting, I was just out at the lake. Somebody said, RDR, realtors don't read. But it's because there's just so much noise in our mm-hmm. world, and we cannot filter through what's important and what's a waste of our time. I mean, I need my email inbox, the promotions tab, the social tab, and the updates tab are just out of control, yep. and I'm just pretty much ready to give up on all of it. Like my primary tab, I keep up with that one, but the other three tabs, it's just a waste of my time, and there's probably good things in there that I need, but I, I just can't get to it. My second lesson in the book is most of today's big social media platforms exploit your attention on purpose so they can make money. To be clear, we are being used. No doubt about it. Um, We don't pay with cash to use services like Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, but in that word, using already lies their true cost, our time and our attention. Infinitely scrolling screens, vain buttons that issue that dopamine with a tap of a like, um, shares and comments just feed into that addiction to keep it going. Um, And to the giants of Silicon Valley, your time is their money and they're doing everything they can to keep you engaged, even if it's the detriment of your time management, well-being and focus. I mean, they even just talk about even with children, um, 
the pressures they put on themselves to get more likes than someone else and mm-hmm. just that they they will beat themselves up if they don't get as many likes as someone else. And then finally, lesson three, the first step to regaining your focus is to stop celebrating multitasking and to begin practicing the state of flow. Mm-hmm. We have developed a culture of celebrating multitasking, but what we end up doing is performative multitasking, meaning more more concerned with looking and feeling busy than actually creating something meaningful. It just looks like we're busy and we're moving things around, but we're not. Exactly. We are not moving the needle forward at all. So start small. Put the brakes on multitasking. Go down fewer social media rabbit holes and remind yourself that it's okay to not know everything. And I think that's the biggest thing for me um, that I've taken away from this book and I've actually started implementing in the last week is that so often when I'm just in between tasks at work or I just feel bored, as I say in air quotes, I'll just pull up Facebook and just endlessly scroll. And the next thing I know, 15, 20 minutes have gone by, but I've not accomplished anything. And I'm just, and I'll even try to close it out. And then I'll sit there for a few minutes and then I'm like, oh, I'm bored again. And I just pull it back up. And yeah. so I'm trying to only specifically go on Facebook a few times a day, which that thankfully that's my only social media addiction. I never really got into Instagram, the TikToks, I mean, people will send me those things and I will watch them, but I'm not going down those rabbit holes because I just know me and I can't just be divided into too many ways, but I'm just taking that time back. So that is our book bit. Um, That's a great book bit, Bobby. Stolen, uh, Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. I have talked about my TikTok issues before and mm-hmm. how I had to turn the thing off because of the corn kid. It was all the corn kid. <laughs> We're it back really to was. the corn kid. I know. It was the corn kid. But uh, then uh, I felt a little bit of pressure to <clears throat> uh, get back on it. I told myself that I, you know, okay, this is only for business, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so started an office TikTok account, okay? okay. And uh, within a week, I was back right down back in. on yep. to TikTok. And I'm like, no, nope, it's gone. I'm like, I, I, you know, you don't need, you don't need all of these. No, you don't need them. No, and and especially TikTok, it, there's a there's a sense of community, but it is lacking in community in in a in a big way, mm-hmm. right? It isn't it isn't a, there's no it, it's difficult to uh, I don't know it doesn't feel the same to me. Right. So uh, it's gone. It, it's not coming back. Um, uh, it ain't gonna happen. I hate it. It, it absorbs your brain. Absolutes concern me. Never coming back. Never coming back to okay. it. Okay. Let's go get our guest. Let's go find Let's Michelle. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk. We are here with Michelle, who is the Kansas City Alliance, no, Kansas City Chapter of Alliance president or president of the Kansas City Chapter of Alliance. LGBTQ Real Estate Alliance Chapter Kansas City. Wow. <laughs> That's a mouthful. It is absolutely a mouthful. I forgot the real estate part before Alliance, so my bad. All right. So, Michelle, you're a realtor. Yes. Talk to us about your um, journey into getting into real estate. Yes. Um, because I actually knew you before you got into real estate. You were working at Sprint. We met like six, seven years ago now. Yeah. And we had a conversation about getting your license and getting you trained and getting you going. So, tell us about Obviously, just gave away what you did before you got into real estate. But talk to us about your journey of becoming who you were and coming into real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was working at Sprint, 9 to 5, had a family. Um, I wanted to go to a kid's field trip, and my boss said no. And I was like, that doesn't really work for me. Um, So I read the book, The Five-Second Rule by Mel Robbins. That one completely flipped everything upside down. I signed up for real estate classes the day that that book was done. Um, 
took my courses. It took me four times to pass, y'all, so it's fine if you don't pass the first mm-hmm. time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then um, I started in September of 2017 just to try and see if I could make it and haven't turned back since. And so. I've just been, you know, we worked together at the same company for a while and then you moved off and did other things. And, and what you don't know is that I've still very closely followed your journey. And as just knowing that I was there before, it's just been I'm going to get emotional and trying not to today. <laughs> it's been amazing watching your journey. Thank and you. I'm just so proud. And I am so proud of what you're doing here with the Real Estate Alliance. So we had on the Missouri chapter president in 2021. Yep. But we didn't have a Kansas City chapter at we that didn't. time. So what has happened since then to bring this chapter to life? Because you are the driving force behind yep. it. And I'm just so proud to see everything that you're doing to bring it forward. Well, to be honest, uh, that chapter is on the Jeff City side mostly. So Mm -hmm. St. Louis, none of us want to drive over to that Mm -hmm. side of the state. So um, I have been in touch with them for probably a year or so to try and figure out how we could get this going because our metro is obviously different than the other side of the state. And I wanted to be able to serve Kansas and Missouri. So technicality speaking, our um, met our specific chapter is set up in Kansas. So that way we have a chapter for Kansas and a chapter for Missouri. However, anybody who's in our metro is able to join our chapter. So um, the leading force was just we needed more representation here. Mm-hmm. I have experienced plenty of discrimination since I've been in real estate and out, um, as I know a lot of my fellow coworkers have as well, um, and also clients and things like that. So we needed more of a political forward-facing side of side of real estate for that. So I, I want to go two ways with this. So you choose – it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book. So you can yeah, go yeah. whichever way you want to go with this is number one I want to talk about – or and I'm not numbering these because you can go whichever way um, – is for those who are not aware of what the Real Estate Alliance and that organization sure. is. And also – and you brought it up a little bit. When I first met you, you had a traditional family and you had not come out publicly yet. Correct. What has your journey been like coming out while in a very public-facing um, industry and people who knew you, I say air quotes, before and who right. know the real Michelle and who you truly are now. So sure, either direction. <laughs> so with coming out, I'd say that um, a lot of people already knew. I just didn't know. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, probably so. So I think the traditional side of the family was just, you know, I was, I was doing the traditional side of the family. I grew up Mormon. Um, and that was what I was expected to do. I was expected to have a family and have children. And that was the life I was living. Um, and it, you know, kind of getting into real estate and realizing like, okay, life doesn't have to be this way. I don't have to be unhappy. I don't have to be, um, this isn't what I wanted out of life. Mm -hmm. Um, and also having the kids, my kids were what (laughs) I have to remember their ages at that time, like eight, six and five. So Mm -hmm. really young still. And I just, you know, thought to myself, like, is this what I want them to see? Like, that they have to be in a marriage that they're not happy in? Do they have to hide who they really want to be? And I didn't want to be that kind of role model for them. So um, even after my husband and I divorced, I still dated men for a while because I still wasn't, like, 100% ready to come to that. And then, um, I don't know, I just woke up one day and was like, this is dumb, Mm -hmm. and came out. And it was kind of a slow process. I didn't, like... 
now I'm very forward facing. Like I always talk about my wife. I'm not scared to present present my family about those things. But I think in the beginning it was a very like slow process. Um, the team I was on was very accepting. I didn't have anybody that was like, oh my gosh, they didn't talk to me or anything like that. Um, but I'd say I'd also surrounded my business around like-minded people. So I didn't get a lot of, um, kickback in the beginning or really, um, from clientele base or anything like that. Of course, I always have one-offs who are like, I don't believe in that or you don't, whatever. Um, but I haven't had as much kickback as I know some other people have, but Mm -hmm. that's also just because I don't, I don't let that sit there. Like, it's just not something that I let sit around and fester in my brain because it doesn't affect my day to day. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of let it go. Um, then the other side of that, so the LGBT real estate Alliance, um, the reason that I wanted to bring, so the LGBTQ plus real estate Alliance specifically here, this group of people is more about the politics side of us LGBT clientele facing discrimination within real estate. Whenever we write contracts, um, we don't think about, you know, whenever we're writing a married person. Um, A lot of the times if I have a gay couple, I don't put both people on the contract until later because Mm -hmm. I don't want them being discriminated against that they have, you know, two male names or two female names. So um, a lot of that is that the politics need to come into play here. Um, we, we LGBTQ plus have no protections, quote unquote, um, cause we're not a family status. We're not a sex status. So whenever it comes down to housing and initiatives and things like that, there is nothing that is protected in that class. Yeah. And so whenever, um, you know, an agent says we didn't pick you. We don't have a way to obviously say, hey, specifically it was because of this reason. So I try to remove as many boundaries and obstacles for that as possible, yeah. really. Now, the the Real Estate Alliance, is it just for people in the LGBTQ plus community? No. Or is it for allies or anyone who wants to support? Yes. So here's the thing about the LGBTQ plus community. We know that we can't do this without allies. There mm-hmm. are more of you than there are of us. Yeah. Um, not, I brought some stats and stuff, and I was going to tell you that. So the thing that people, you know, generations older than me, mm-hmm. so I was born in 86, so we'll just say generations older than me and generations younger than me, older than us, there aren't a lot of people. It feels like that generation is small. Yeah. You know, you have to remember we had the AIDS epidemic. We had, you know, people were getting killed over being out in that yeah. era. So a lot of them haven't come out where people younger than us are a lot freer to do those things. So in the numbers that we're coming into now, we're looking at 20% of the population now is coming forward saying that they're LGBT, where prior um, generations were 5%, 2%. Um, so our national average, quote unquote, is 7%. But the younger generation, because of the things that we have done to lead them up to this point, have more availability to be out and open. So we're seeing that the population is there. Mm-hmm. They're just having to become more comfortable with that as we go. They need to become more comfortable. Like the whole, because yep. even just going back to the Bud Light controversy with the darn design on a beer can, and now yeah. we just canceled the entire company. And like, like the re- stat came out that for the first time in like two decades, Modelo sold more than Bud Light, which has been the first one. I'm like, really? A design on yeah. a beer can? You're just that. I, I, it just gets me angry. Sorry, I'll go away. <laughs> Alex, you probably have something better than what I'm, no, my anger. No, that's okay. <laughs> it's topical. Um, so uh, you've talked a little bit about discrimination. Um, yeah. The, 
other piece that we hear a lot about is houselessness, both in the LGBTQ uh, youth community, but also in the adult community as well. Uh, Can you speak a little bit to that? Because I think that gets back to representation as well. Yes. A lot of people within the LGBT, so kids, teenagers, usually they, they decide to come out. Family's unsupportive. Then they have nowhere to go. Their family literally kicks them out over them being who they are. So they end up having nowhere to go. So they're couch surfing or whatever, um, which is sad. Um, I did a booth at Pride this weekend, and I had people fill out their addresses, and multiple people put homeless. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're my first connection to reach out to them to say, hey, here's some initiatives that are in Kansas City to help you find a place to stay. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of people within the LGBTQ community are – creating their own families because they just they don't have any support the support is literally gone and so um they so for the lgbtq teenagers yes they just they don't have anywhere to go they don't have the ability to find a job in order to support you know a mortgage or even rent right now is so high so most of them are coming together and staying with friends or whatever and another part of it is too is that a lot of um people within the community feel that they're going to be discriminated against either by their agent or the other side of the transaction. So they just, they don't even want to take that chance. They don't want to deal with the possibility of that happening. So they just don't. I think that's such an important point just because, um, we, you hear so many people in our community, in, uh, our industry talking mm-hmm. about how, you know, you know, why, why do we need, uh, pride? Why do we need to broadcast? You know, those are the things that are kind of thrown around. Well, right. it's because it there needs to be a community because there are people who have been completely cast out of their family. So they have to find one. Yep. It's so important. The fact that we need to have an organization and that we, the fact that we need to have people wearing T-shirts that say free mom hugs is just so sad and pathetic state of our country. But then to see the people who stand up to say, I love you no matter I'll give you a hug. I will love on you and I will be your mom if your mom has turned you away. And I just someone with a 10 year old boy, I just can't imagine ever turning my child away and saying you're not welcome and I don't accept you for you being your true self. Um, The we've heard a little bit about the um, ally certification program. Yep. Um, So this kind of, I think, feeds right on into that with the free mom hugs. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the program and how to become certified? Yes. So I actually wrote down the dates. So we have three classes coming up, um, June 20th, 9th, September 7th, and November 9th. All of those are online. You can go get certified. The course is $75. Really, the um, course is just to help you understand more of the lingo, more of the understanding of, for instance, why a trans person has their legal name, Mm -hmm. which is what needs to be on documents versus their actual name, pronouns, why those are so important to people. and just how to help support our community. You don't have to be LGBTQ. You can be straight as a freaking spaghetti noodle. We don't care. <laughs> Not wet one. <laughs> um, we don't care that we we just need the support. And that's what we obviously, like I said before, there are more straight than there are out than mm-hmm. not. So we know that we can't do this without without the other side of the community um, being there su- to support. So really the whole class is to bring some education around. And we are working with KCRER to bring that as a class to be taught in person too. We're trying to work on a grant to get that here too. So we'll have some information on that too. And I'm sure some part of the course 
me making assumptions over here, but just talking about understanding definitions and using pronouns and, you know, that there are some days I get tripped up just right, making sure I, because I don't want to be disrespectful, but I also, so I want to say the right thing and my heart's in a good place, but sometimes saying things, but also probably um, some unconscious bias is probably a little bit uh, in that I would guess, just because I think sometimes we have unconscious you don't know that you have it but there are just built-in bias you know sure and i I, what i'm hearing more of within the straight community um Mm -hmm. as i say that in my 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 radio voice my air quotes voice is that okay i'm cool and forgive me for what i'm about to say because i'm coming from a good place but i'm just trying to say how i hear people say it you know i'm totally cool with the gays and the lesbians but those trans people i don't quite understand them and what all of that is about and i think that is such an extra marginalized group. Yes. And what can we do to support and, and be there and show that we love you no matter who you are and we want you to be your true self? Yeah. Unfortunately, the trans um, people in our community are marginalized against everybody, yeah. not just the straight. We also in our in the LGBTQ community, a lot of marginalized because there it's there is not understanding on that. Mm-hmm. It's if you aren't going through that or um not around somebody that's in that. It is very hard to understand. Um, our oldest child had come out and said that they were trans. And it was really hard for me, even as a lesbian, mm-hmm. understanding, like, why can't you just wear different clothes? Why can't you just, like, and just having to take that step back and being like, you know what? I just, I love you for you and I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the support portion there, again, like you had said, I don't understand how people can't be supportive of their child they're in a a growing learning who they are phase as well Mm -hmm. um but also just making sure that you know the pronoun thing is a big thing then another thing for unconscious bias is um just because they address a certain what society says is male or female does not mean that that's the um, alignment that they are. Um, so that's also another unconscious bias. Whenever you see somebody that's dressed feminine, you mm-hmm. automatically assume that they're a girl. Right. Um, which is, that is, that is probably the biggest bias that I have in my businesses. I do normally dress in dresses and heels mm-hmm. very often, but I also have a men's suit with a tie that I wear and I love that day too. Right. And, um, it is, but it's more than obviously just wearing clothes. That's not what I'm saying, but it's taking that step back and just everybody in our community would rather you just ask the question, what Mm -hmm. pronouns would you prefer? Or would you rather me call you by your name? What is the easiest thing for you? It's not disrespectful if you're coming from a a good place. Right. So, Um, you know, talking about our kids and even bringing up your child, um, on the radio this morning, which actually I was listening to the radio on the drive down, which usually I'm listening to Spotify or my USB stick, but I actually was listening to the radio this morning. And they were talking about so often we talk about with our children that social media and come somewhat all social media is bad. And certainly there is body dysmorphia, especially amongst females, especially with Instagram and comparing just how sure. gorgeous Michelle is compared to how Bobby's looking or whatever. <laughs> but that not all social media is bad because it can really help those people who are part of a marginalized group connect with other people who are also a part of that marginalized group and they can connect together and that's a safe space for them. Yep. Is that something you've seen or experienced even with your own child um, as far as social media being a place to connect and find like-minded people? Yes. So for our kids, we actually um, 
they're not allowed social media yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just because we wanted to give them that breath of fresh air. Right. If I wasn't in real estate, I would not be on social media. Mm -hmm. I would yeah. just love the Same. fact of being able to step away. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just not a possibility. However, I have used it to my benefit of, you know, there's events that we can meet with like-minded people that people are invited to. I have, you know, we have communities. A lot of my business comes out of specific communities because they know they can come and talk to me and I, I'm very open with them about that. So it it is a two-sided coin, obviously. There is a lot of people that have something to say because they're computer warriors and keyboard whatever they like to say, whatever they want to say. But if it was in person, they'd never say those things. Mm -hmm. So um, there is a lot of kickback, I'd say, on that on that portion. Mm -hmm. But the great thing is that our community is super supportive. So whenever there is a post that comes out that's public, mm -hmm. um, then, you know, we just post it in there and we're like, hey, go make comments. And mm -hmm. it shut the people down. And that's, we just all kind of gang up and, and say that's other. not, yeah. yeah. And so that's really the big thing. There's also a meme going around right now that <clears throat> um, says that if you are not getting hit by the stones that are being thrown at you, you're not standing close enough. I need people to understand that if you are straight and an ally and you're not actually seeing the things that are happening to our community and why we're being marginalized, mm -hmm. you're not deep enough in it yet to understand. Yeah. You're just standing off on the side, buying all your items and wearing yeah. them to like be a superficial Correct. ally. Because look at all my rainbow stuff I'm carrying and mm -hmm. I'm wearing. And if we really do the digging, we know most of those companies really aren't even putting any money back nope. into the LGBTQ plus community. Correct. And they're just keeping all of the proceeds from that. Yep. Um, my next question for you um, blends some things together. We know that May was Mental Health Month and yes. June is Pride Month. Yes. And I personally believe there's a reason those two months are butted up together is the LGBTQ plus community is known for high rates of suicide. Correct. Um, is there anything as allies or people who truly care that we can do to help with mental health, mental wellness, and just be there as that support arm? Yeah, I think the big thing for this is is just ask, being open and honest and saying, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, um, again, a lot of people have the trauma from childhood where they did come out and they were shut down. And so trying to find who they are again and being around people, it, it is hard for us on our unconscious bias to, to be open and honest with people because you automatically are going to assume that mm -hmm. they're going to automatically not talk to you because you're gay. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of it is just, you know, being out there, being posting on social media, you have social media, you have that access to reach people and, and making sure that you're supporting and following your actions are have to match the words that you're saying. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, I promise you will know. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. What other voids are you seeing in terms of um, making sure that there is more uh, housing available to people? I know that uh, our, our last guest was just talking about how it's not the right time for everybody, right? And obviously Correct. if you're going from a place of houselessness into, you know, just needing to find shelter, right? what can we do as a realtor community to take away this idea that homeownership is the only way to go and make sure that people have the um, the background of shelter and safety and security. Sure. Are, are there, is there a way that we can help support just that, even with just the, the homeless community, whether it's LGBTQ or otherwise? Right. You, 
We have a lot of um, – so the Center of Inclusion here in Kansas City is really amazing with this. Um, and we also have um, an LGBTQ housing initiative as well. So I think a lot of it is helping educate, obviously, um, having the classes. You know, a lot of my clients, I meet them a year or two out. Like, I am no, today is not the day. But if you don't know how to get there, you're never going to get there. And so um, I try to do a lot of education pieces of – you know, if you're at the rental space, that's okay. Let's figure out how you can get to the next step. If you're in a space where you need to get to a rental, great. Let me help you find that space. It's more about being open and available. This isn't about I need business today. This is about how can I help you and be a realtor for life for everything. I want you to call me if you need a vendor, if you need this. And so that's the other thing too is the LGBTQ Real Estate Alliance, like, we're also for vendors. We're looking for people who will support our community okay. and are openly willing to say, hey, I support this community. I'm not going to turn you away. I'm not going to not come to your house because you're gay and who knows what you have in there. Um, and that's the other part of this initiative is we want people who can support all across the whole board, not just how do I get into a house today? Yeah. How do I, you know, I need someone to come in and fix my bathroom, but I'm so worried about them stepping into my home and judging me. So we need more people across the board that are going to be supportive across everything. Is there a, a void in vendors that you're looking for right Absolutely. now? Um, what What are your primary needs in the way that you see it in terms of who could join? I Everything. I'd say that we we all have lend, like all of us that are in the community have lenders that we specifically go to or title companies that we specifically go to. I feel like we have enough support in that. I mean, always I would love more support in that, but people to have um, people to come help them do home maintenance. Like they just don't know. I love my gays, but um, the gay boys yeah. usually call the lesbians to fix things because we're like <laughs> hands on. And <laughs> so I think it's just having the people that can be like, hey, I know I can call you. I know you can come in. Like, I need a new roof. I need just basic things around the house done. I need new flooring put in. I need a new bathroom installed. I have a leak. I don't know who to call about this. And so just making sure that they're going to have somebody that's going to come in and give them a safe space um, without that. So like Megan and I, my wife, we don't ever have vendors come in unless I've known or met them before, unless we're both home, because we want to make sure that there is nothing that can ever happen while one of us isn't there. Mm -hmm. I hate that I have to do that. Yeah. Um, if I was a straight woman, it would never matter. If I was a straight guy, it wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, just making sure that we have vendors that, again, proudly support that. We have quite a few. The LGBT Chamber of Commerce here is amazing. They have vendors in there who are already proudly display that they're part of that the chamber and willing to support businesses. But when it comes to housing side, we just don't have very many businesses at all that are openly willing to admit that, hey, we're, we're going to be supportive of that. And not just to get the extra dollars, but literally supportive of the community. So yeah. one of the ways that I'm hearing that we could help, if you're listening to this right now and you've got a, a great vendor or a great contractor, whatever the case may be, and you know that they would be supportive, yes. then they 100%. need – how do they sign up? What do they do? Yes. So the um, realestatealliance.org is our um, website. You can go sign up for to be a vendor. It's $200 a year, but it puts your name on the list. Whenever we, – we now currently have a forward-facing consumer website so people can go and look. So if they go to the Kansas City Metro and say, hey, I'm looking for – somebody to do a new roof and you're the only one on there well guess what they're going to be you're going to be the one they're going to call so 
it it is about business, but it's also about supporting a community that needs more help. So we need all the vendors. I mean, anything related to housing, top to bottom. I don't care if you change screwdrivers, whatever. Yeah. We need people in there. So you, all the help that we can get is going to be beneficial across the board right now. You know, you, you bring up a, a, an excellent point. I know you know it's an excellent point. Um, but as straight white people, and because I hear this from minority groups all the time, repairmen coming into houses is some of the biggest triggers of Mm -hmm. just being scared. Is the person going to do the work properly? Are they going to overcharge me? Are they just going to walk out the door when they realize I'm not who they thought that I was going to be? So thank you for bringing that up because it's something that, I mean, sometimes as a female, if a male's coming to my house, sometimes I get a little like, eh, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really truly worried about how the experience is going to go. But when you're part of a marginalized group, that has to be your main concern of a stranger coming into your private personal space. Right. Um, for the realtors who are listening and the want to get involved with the Real Estate Alliance, how can they get involved? Do you have any upcoming events that they can come to or be a part yes. of or all of that? Yes. So it is the same across the board, realestatealliance.org. You can go and sign up there. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. I'd love to sit down and have coffee with anybody that wants to have this. Um, July 27th, we are actually working on having um, a lunch and learn specifically geared towards low income or no down payment assistance programs. So that way we can help those clients that don't have any money to put down or have really great credit, but they just don't know where to get started. So we're specifically holding a class. This is for realtors and vendors to come in and have a conversation of how do we get that conversation started. Um, And then we are working on a couple kind of off-the-wall ones. Um, We're working on a lunch and learn about pot and how that comes into our community. Uh Um, And so we're looking at that one probably in October. And then I think we have one more. I can't remember all of them because we like banged all these out in a couple (laughs) weeks. Um, but yes, we, we're supposed to do four lunch and learns a year, and these are geared towards realtors to help you with our community. And then um, we'll have one fundraising event. We'll probably hold that at the beginning of next year. And then we just had um, an event at the Currents game, and that was Pride Night, and it was great. And we had a whole bunch of people out there. So that was really excellent to see all the support and things like that. So It's, it's one of you, the things, and you, you, you referenced it, is one of the things that I really love about the Real Estate Alliance is that in order to be a chapter, you're required to have so many educational events. You're required to yes. do so many things. You're not an organization just existing to say you're an organization. You're truly an organization seeking change and seeking involvement. And I absolutely love that about the organization. So yes. kudos to the Real Estate Alliance <laughs> and, and Ryan and his infinite wisdom when he was founding the Real Estate Alliance yes. and doing all that. I absolutely love Ryan. He's an amazing human being. Um, last question, because we are, yeah, we are running out of time with you. Last question I ask all of the guests is, what else? What else should we have asked you? What else should we have talked about? What else do you want our listeners to know, either um, about our LGBTQ plus community and or the Real Estate Alliance? We're not scary. Yeah. We're just people just like you that have families that love wholeheartedly. And I think the biggest thing about this whole thing is, you know, we just need the equality that everybody else has. And we're not the only marginalized community. And we know that and realize that across the board. Um, That's the other thing I love about Ryan is that we're very working very closely with the other, um, where there's four of us that are marginalized groups that we're trying to make sure that we all are integrated. So that way all of us can come together and support the other groups because our group as a whole is bigger than the heterosexual company. And so um, just 
ask the question. Um, it might come across offensive, but I would rather you ask me the question than not say it at all mm-hmm. and say something way off the wall. Yeah. Um, I'm more open to having a conversation than you just assuming something that could be more hurtful. Um, and across the board, I think more people are understanding than what the politics side of this says. Yeah. The news says one thing, but I will tell you at the end of the day, there are more people who actually are in support of this or just don't care either one way or another. It right. doesn't affect their day-to-day life. And so don't believe everything the news says yeah. in general. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I say Across that at least once board. a day. Don't listen to the news. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and but our, our community, you know, we're – we try to be supportive of everybody. We try to be out for everybody and, and have that community and just come hang out with us. We'd love to see you.